Welcome, listeners. I'm Justin Makarevich, Associate Director of Employer Relations at the Graduate Career Management Center of the Zicklin School of Business at Baruch College. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. This episode is a live recording that took place on June 24, 2020, with Baruch alum Art Malkov, Chief Digital Officer at Blockchain Driven. Art and I discuss careers and topics in blockchain. The conversation is moderated and includes questions being asked by current students. Please note that the audio quality may be suboptimal at times because of the internet connectivity of the participants, so thank you for your understanding. Most of all, we hope you find the information informative. Here we go. Thank you all for being here so much. I'm hoping everybody is doing well uh, today on, on, on this Wednesday. Um, if you want to show your, your video, just to have your video showing, you are completely uh, welcome to. If you, if you don't, you'd rather not have your video, that's totally fine. Just one thing that we do ask, of course, is um, you keep your, your microphone on mute, so this way um, we can't hear background noise, et cetera, except if you're gonna be a, uh, asking a question. Uh, before we get started on this really great conversation around blockchain and um, with Art Malkov, um, I want to encourage students to please private message me as like right off the bat. Uh, if you have a question, you don't necessarily have to tell me what your question is, but I'm just going to be um, manning the queue of, and lineup of questions so that students can actually individually ask questions to Art directly and then hopefully link in with, uh, with Art after this. Um, but without further ado, let's kick this off um, around careers in blockchain and also even what blockchain is and all that information with our alum, Art Malkov. Art, thank you so much for making the time, for being here, for also bringing this idea up, which was terrific. Um, we cannot thank you enough for, uh, for making the time and, um, and doing this with our students. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, great to have uh, you all here. Absolutely. Uh, and yes, I did finish Baruch. I know. I'm in blockchain in Baruch. What? <laughs> but I'll get into how I get into that. <laughs> because uh, whenever I go to alumni events, generally people say, uh, you know, like I'm a banker, I'm an accountant, I'm a, you know, statistician in taxes, or uh, and uh, and then they go blockchain. And what is that? <laughs> is that a Bitcoin and that currency? Uh, it's actually not the case. So, so I'll give you everyone a quick overview of what uh, what I do and uh, what blockchain is and uh, how I got into the space. So um, I started out more in digital marketing and uh, I did my MBA in Baruch and I finished in 2009. So that's been um, a minute. In fact, uh, I was... Uh, uh, really involved in digital agent, digital agency life. So we worked with a lot of businesses. We did uh, my side was data analytics, uh, content uh, creation, uh, SEO, and some elements of it. And uh, around 2000, early 2016, uh, we had a client that uh, was in blockchain space, which of course at the time was confusing to everybody. Um, but we work, uh, our agency was relatively agnostic, so we worked with everybody. And uh, that was a client that was blockchain driven. And so our team was quite good. We were helping them get ready. They thought they get a big wave of blockchain coming up soon. And so we came in and uh, we helped them out on some projects in digital space. And, uh, you know, setting up promotional campaigns, uh, targeting probable audiences, working with different businesses. So I handle a lot of enterprise communication uh, and enterprise marketing uh, around 2016. Uh, they really enjoyed working with our team. And they, at the time, they invited me as a full-time uh, around 
summer of 2016, they invited me to join Blockchain Driven and join Blockchain Space uh, as a chief uh, a digital officer, which is, means really a lot of hats. So I, I will also deal with marketing a lot. I deal, deal with PR, with events. Uh, I also have to understand blockchain on a good level. The idea was to have that role that allows, them, allows me to do various things. So since 2016, I have been with Blockchain Driven. And uh, the company focuses, we have, we have shifted a few different focuses, but uh, overall we work with enterprise level clients. We work with um, businesses or startups that are looking to build out their blockchain ecosystem or even integrate blockchain with existing operations. Uh, we have worked with countries in the past. Uh, we have worked with uh, global uh, conglomerates. So we worked with you know, medium-sized companies. We even worked with New York City here, EDC NYC. In fact, uh, last fall, we did a blockchain weekend, which was event with, with 50 plus events over four days. And in coordination is with NYC DC. So uh, we did a lot of things with different entities. Um, so uh, my role ranges. So for example, right now we're working on a project called Block Driven. So if you go to blockdriven.com, you will see it's a educational uh, area of blockchain. So we are focusing on helping people who are not, don't understand blockchain and they're confused because over the years we found that many companies that we're working with, uh, they are they don't know where to start. Blockchain is very confusing, and I'll go a little bit into what what it is, what it means, how to work with it. But we found that educational part was very lacking. So recently, especially during uh, right before COVID nineteen, we wanted to let the almost anybody else be able to enter blockchain and understand it better because it's a relatively closed ecosystem. So we started. Uh, coordinating guide, we got a team together that's uh, producing a lot of content and education, does research. So we actually released a few days ago, um, it was a, a blockchain management guide for, a project management for blockchain. So if you're curious about project management or wanna know data for project management, you'll be able to find it. Um, I think it's, uh, I, I posted it recently on my LinkedIn, so probably the easiest way to find, and I'll look up the link later on. <laughs> Maybe uh, Justin can email uh, to you guys later on. Maybe easier. That would be the best. Great. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, and, and so we're gonna have a guide every almost every week. Uh, we're gonna cover product management. We're gonna cover UX, UI. We're gonna cover business development and marketing. So we and it's really idea is to anybody who's not in blockchain be able to come in and read, um, you know, and understand what it is. And then we're gonna have also a number of panels coming up on block driven starting July 7th, and every week we're going to have a panel with experts in the space, such as project managers, product managers. Uh, so that's our recent project we're working on, uh, because we found uh, that you're not the only ones who are looking for, you know, career. Uh, in blockchain, we found the growth is very high, exceptionally high, just because a lot of companies right now exploring um, blockchain as an alternative uh, to their processes. Uh, and I'll explain what it is. For example, there is Deloitte uh, guy just came out uh, a week ago. It's blockchain 2020 Deloitte. And they uh, say that 80% of companies are looking into potentially integrating blockchain uh, into, their, into their operations. And a lot of them are already doing it. So I'll give you a quick overview of what blockchain is. I'll give you a quick timeline of what it is. So blockchain generally 
uh, there's few different focuses why a company does it. So for each industry, the focus varies. For example, at some point we worked with Saint Gobain, and Saint Gobain is a gigantic conglomerate of uh, supply and and different construction products in Europe. So we're talking about fifty billion dollar conglomerate, and we work with them on. We did a few educational sessions to to help them understand how can blockchain be integrated, and in their case, they have a very long supply chain. So there is a multiple steps where uh, transactions happen that they don't know. The further down you go, the less you know what happens uh, in the next steps. So blockchain can help you connect those points. So the beauty of blockchain is really it's a database that is immutable. It cannot be changed. Uh, therefore, anything any transaction takes place can be traced to somebody. So which can help a lot to avoid fraud. It, uh, a lot with accountability. Uh, I'll give you an easy example. Think about banking. In banking, what is banks are? Banks are really about providing trust. So banks are intermediary between different transactions. So you give them the money and then they and then they give it to another company. They always make sure that uh, they are, the money flow is uh, clear and there is no issues. Like they are the trust factor. You can trust the bank, right? They're not gonna take your money, you keep the money there. Whereas what blockchain does is it removes the trust element. You don't need the intermediary for the trust. So the trust is already there. So because the way it's designed, the blockchain systems, and there are different systems. So blockchain, when I say blockchain, it actually, there could be Bitcoin blockchain, there is Ethereum blockchain, there is EOS blockchain, there is Hyperledger. So each of them has their own rules and regulations. But for the most part, uh, one element that they have is decentralized, um, not in case of Hyperledger, but in, most blockchains are decentralized. Uh, they are they use the proof of work, which means like Bitcoin, you have to mine to generate transactions. Um, and when I say transactions, what I guess I should explain that first. <laughs> uh, so proof of work is uh, the before data added to the chain, and then you cannot change it. The miners have to solve uh, complex computational problems to prove that. Uh, um, to prove that uh, this is correct information. So uh, the miners add, uh, at every step, they added the miners have to prove somehow that it, that it is correct, that everything is correct. They have to come to consensus and then the transaction added to the blockchain. Unfortunately, that's very energy intensive and time intensive and not scalable way to do it. That's why, for example, Bitcoin has been, uh, you know, has not really been able to become a digital currency or uh, more than digital assets. Think of Bitcoin more of a digital gold. It's it's um, more akin to gold than currency. So, uh, and the issue that is because transactional capacity. You don't want to wait two hours to buy pizza. So, and if there is a lot of transactions happening, you can pay sometimes more for one transaction than for the pizza. Not not, not scalable. So the next step will be proof of stake. The proof of stake is it's more you staking some sort of capital, and so the risk is it's not you're not using energy to to add the block. You're using your trust. So basically, if you try to cheat the system, they can you can lose that money. So that's proof of stake. Everybody stakes a certain amount of money, and then you become a miner by allocating capital versus allocating energy. And this is where really uh, 
likely we're going to see big scale. So right now Ethereum, the second biggest blockchain ecosystem. Most of the blockchain, uh, I would say, smart contracts and other projects are built on Ethereum. Therefore, right now they are very, uh, I would say, very much ahead of uh, Bitcoin in terms of development. And they're moving to their proof of stake, what I just explained. So they're no longer going to be about miners. It's going to be about staking. And it's, it's happening this fall. And this should allow uh, many other projects that de depend on Ethereum. So Ethereum is, a, is more of a baseline. Uh, it's a layer, sort of a layer. And then you can add other layers. Like they can be 1.1, 2.0. Uh, I'm not going to get too technical on this, but the bottom line is uh, the more transactions you have, the better it is. Because the more transactions you have, the more you can do in terms of not just financial, but let's say logistics. Whenever you make it some sort of uh, transaction or you're making some sort of deal, let's say uh, item A moves from point from here to here, and point B, it's on blockchain and it's all gets recorded. It doesn't necessarily require cryptocurrency. It, it can be done on its own blockchain. Uh, I think, uh, I think uh, unfortunately, blockchain can be conversation very in depth uh, for many, many hours. So I will stop here. So blockchain can be very useful for most uh, industries because it is immutable. It's very hard to change. It's impossible to change. It's traceable. It gives you trust. Um, it allows you to uh, uh, add uh, tokenization, basically take an asset like an apartment or a hotel uh, or a car and break it into lots of different pieces and have and allow multiple owners to come in and do it. So meaning there is there's a lot more flexibility and because you can trust the system, you can, you know, the ten, it's much easier potentially on paperwork down the line. Uh, so there is a lot of uses for blockchain that currently um, not solved. So think of it this way, it's a, a internet is for communication and blockchain is for trust, right? So when, if you're sending an email, you have a copy of the email and you can forward it and use it however you want. And that's, so that's, a, it's limiting. Whereas if you have, uh, uh, if you have it on blockchain, you can, it's, it's fungible. It's a, you only, if you send it to, let's say Mary, uh, only she will receive it. There is no double spend. There is no double issue. So, uh, that, that that is would be the one of the big elements for blockchain because it allows you to add a layer of trust on transactions we already have. So imagine you being able to send uh, you know, some uh, something and know let's say you sign a contract and know that no, nobody can take a copy, take a print screen and copy it. So blockchain allows you to do that. Blockchain technology and that can be uh, used in gaming. It can be used in supply chain. It can be used in Finance it can be used in, for example, in the in in banking there there is large departments that all about trust, um, and the departments that have to make sure that all transactions are right they're connected they're uh, everything lined up in those transactions. If you have blockchain layer, you don't need that. It's done automatically. So you assume the uh, you assume that it is already correct. Whereas right now everything has to be double checked, especially in accounting. Um, that can be a really play a really large part, not now, but likely in 10 years from now. So the blockchain value is the more user, like, it's almost the opposite of internet in a way. 
uh, growth. Uh, so the, in the internet, it was more of a funnel, and then it would the more people added, the, the larger the funnel became until everybody had it. So in blockchain, it's slightly different. In blockchain, generally, you want to have a lot of participants, but uh, there has to be some sort of motivation for them to to participate. For example, Walmart recently sold to sold to all their uh, uh, grocery suppliers that they're going to be using variation of a blockchain, and they say, okay, you have to use it, right? And so so it's almost the down funnel. So now rather than the internet where it's more users, here you coming from the top. So the Walmart says you're gonna all suppliers gonna use blockchain, and now if you're in produce, you have to use it. And thing is, you don't even know it's a blockchain. So the big part of blockchain, future of the blockchain, is uh, really that you don't know it's a blockchain. It's really becomes a layer of technology. And that's, I think, big takeaway for for uh, the careers in blockchain, that it's, don't think of it as a, you know, I gotta work for crypto exchange, or I gotta work for a Bitcoin bank. It's more about that larger companies like American Express, uh, Walmart and uh, Amazon exploring. Facebook is doing something uh, with Libra. So they're all exploring how can it be used because they understand the value of the deeper layer. So there, there is a lot more accountability with blockchain. There's more value with blockchain. Uh, okay, I think I spoke enough for that one at one moment. So uh, maybe we'll, uh, we can engage a bit with the, with the audience if they have any questions. Yep. Uh, I've, and I will, and I also share more about career and blockchain as we go forward. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, so students, again, we have a queue of, of students already, and I'll, I'll start that queue in a few. But uh, please private message me if you have a question. Um, you don't have to tell me your, your question. I can just say, hey, I'd like to ask a question, and then I can put you in the queue. This way, we can make sure that as many students as possible can, um, can have an opportunity to ask a question. But actually, Art, can we jump into that? Because, you know, so thanks for running us through the technology. But from um, from a functional perspective, um, like who are the people who own the blockchain process inside organizations? What are their roles? What are the types of roles that they have? And I think one of the things too is sort of like what's the interface that they that they end up working with blockchain, and not only from the technology perspective, but even internally before posting things on blockchain or or, or putting things onto the ledger. Um, who are those people and, and, and what are those roles? Um, maybe we just jump into that careers part as well. Sure. Uh, so I, th I think it's better to see it. Uh, right, right now, blockchain department generally is more experimental. So there okay. are the companies, there is no clear blockchain department in most companies. Okay. There are work groups. There are occasionally there is a, you know, small department that's starting, but generally it's separate departments. Uh, but ultimately, it will be integrated into the larger whole of the company. So right now, the beauty of blockchain at the moment and being a, be able to enter is because the it's a very early adoption for corporations. So we're in the very, very early uh, stages. So I would say, uh, you know, next three to five years, we're going to see explosive growth. And I have seen it in 2017, for example, it was only about uh, crypto trading. So it was all developers. Whereas in 2018, we saw a lot more people who were looking for uh, more uh, operational capacity. As they were growing, their companies were exploring uh, more spaces. We, we found that the product managers were starting to get in demand. Okay. So we're, what we're going to see is we're going to see regular roles uh, expanded. Right, right. As of right now, it's still, it's still. I think 
a lot of companies are still just getting to the point of building it out or they're experimenting and they're growing. There is no, uh, be, because the thing is blockchain, you can't just do it for one department. The blockchain, the, the benefit of blockchain is it has to work with the entire organization or the, meaning the more benefit you get of blockchain, the larger it is. So if you have just a small department trying to do blockchain, it's not very useful. So the beauty of blockchain, it has to be integrated across the entire organization to really add value at scale. And that's why it's not easy, right? So to add something like that, especially if you have, if you have a uh, uh, legacy technology, let's say FinTech or healthcare, they're having three, four, uh, 30, 40, 50 year technology that's still working. And uh, to change that, the technology on, as a as a, in terms of blockchain has to be 10 times better. And we do believe that it is 10 times better. So we believe that blockchain can solve a lot of problems for companies, but the, it requires company to really commit to it. And that's why, what, and that's why I think it's going to take a few years of real, it's going to grow like this. And then we're probably going to see hockey bug growth. Um, and Deloitte report does mention a lot of that, that there, there is definitely a lot of demand. Um, in our guides, we'll be covering more in depth why we see, why we're explaining why we, where we see the growth and what industries we see the growth in. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And, and students too, um, I, I'll be following up with everybody about the Deloitte guide, other resources that Arts mentioned. We'll put that all into one package in an email um, so that you can, you can review that too. Um, so let's kick off the, uh, the questions. Mitch, do you want to go ahead and uh, ask a question, please? Hi, yes. Um, so I guess the, the question that I'm mostly focused on, um, a little bit about me, though. Um, I just recently graduated in May um, with my master's in quantitative methods and modeling. Um, I'm interested in finding out about um, the finance side of it, though. Um, so where do you see... Um, something like JP Morgan's like internal coin um, that's used for like trading within their own private sense. Um, how do you see that disrupting the finance sector? And then where do you see the jobs that are going to be related to that either being lost or then gained um, sort of in the process? Uh, excellent question. So the way I would put it is uh, with a lot of banks, uh, we're uh, a lot of banks are slow on adopting blockchain, even though they say they, they are very active about it. For example, JP Morgan and their coin. Uh, the issue for banks, they don't trust each other. <laughs> so uh, what we found year in, year out, uh, and I would say that's uh, 2017 was when all the banks were reached and we have had, uh, we have consulted some banks on a number of uh, issues. And one big element that banks have that they still haven't been able to solve in blockchain is the interoperability. How do you trust another bank? So they don't trust each other. So they're trying to develop it, but they really don't trust each other, each other more than you can throw you know, a stone at. Uh, so I would say, uh, depending on your interest in blockchain, so are you uh, looking, so by the way, JP Morgan coin is just really gonna be applicable to JP Morgan. It's very hard, it will be very hard for them to, to convince other banks to join it. So it's really more, I think it's more, more of a testing grounds. Uh, I think the financial change will come, but it will not be from individual coins uh, or their own internal technology. 
uh, likely it's going to be, you know, maybe from DeFi, decentralized finance uh, angles. So it's a, so if you're, uh, but, but I'll give you a tip here. If you're looking to get a job in, say, in that space, uh, you can find, like, JP Morgan is actually pretty active in blockchain. So you can definitely research on LinkedIn what projects they're doing. And I would say connect on LinkedIn with those people and, and potentially, you know, highlights maybe connect with them and to find, find the candidacy. The best way to find it, because sometimes those roles is to go directly to the source and to have a conversation with them. Because a lot of banks do, do have uh, blockchain departments. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure if it asks, answers your question, but uh, I would say it's, uh, yeah. No, that, that was perfect. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Mitch. Um, David, you're next. David, did you want to ask your question? All right, let me see if I can see David's question for you. Um, no, we can't hear you, David. If, um, <clears throat> I think you're just, uh, you might be on mute. So I could just ask your question. So um, our, David was asking um, if you saw enterprises moving from private blockchains today to more public or hybrid solutions that would allow for anyone to see certain transactions happening. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, sure. Uh, so enterprise solutions, general enterprise like to be private. So it's like kind of similar to intranet in the 90s where all the companies were going with intranet. Ultimately, they, as you might notice, they moved to intranet. So a lot of solutions became uh, more public focused. Same thing with uh, private blockchains. Private blockchain is not really blockchain per se. Uh, in fact, Hyperledger just recently, I think a few months ago, they announced that they are allowing some inoperability with Ethereum, which is uh, the biggest uh, public uh, blockchain for, for actually doing other stuff than just Bitcoin. Uh, and uh, my, here, so here's my take on this. And this is plays kind of role for everyone here. Very important part about blockchain is inoperability. So the more companies can work together, the better. So the growth of blockchain is extremely valuable. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's public or private, but it's more about can it work together. So they, if you can have a private blockchain, uh, such as on Hyperledger, and you can connect it with Ethereum and allow it to interact, and you can connect with Libra and allow it to interact, that's what really adds value. So I think ultimately inoperability is a big holy grail that blockchain looking for and we're likely going to see that uh we're seeing a lot more move to interoperability so ultimately it's not really about uh you know public or private blockchains it's really more about can they work together can they like what are the features they're bringing on that are going to help the user uh benefit from it for example libra is a great project because they have two and a half billion users and it's really about the more users you have, the better it is for ecosystem. And if Libra can connect with Ethereum and can kind of do Hyperledger, even if it's their own private creation of blockchain, it's, I mean, it's, it's more of consortium. So Libra has hundred nodes and each company can, and each uh, participant uh, has to work with that, with the, within other nodes. Uh, I mean, I don't think it, it matters. 
it's it really it really not it's it's i think uh, overall you'll hear in blockchain space uh, anyone involved is really about interoperability the more pro uh, projects we can get the better for example in blockchain driven we are agnostic you know we will build you something after ledger we'll build you something in ethereum build you something in eos depending on uh what you want to do but uh it's really figuring out the benefits why you're doing what, what kind of blockchain you need and uh ultimately it is hard to change blockchain later down the line that's why interoperability is so important because if you start building a hyperledger and two years later you decide that you know what because remember blockchain is still being developed so there, it's it's not clear-cut solutions in any given step so this is very uh trouble in time to give you an example in 2017 every week felt uh every day felt like a week because it was so so many things happening there were uh i'll give an example the uh, the amount of money that came in in january 2017 into the ecosystem blockchain ecosystem so the the mar uh, it usually it was 18 billion the market cap for the whole cryptocurrency in 2017 january by january 2018 it was it went from 18 billion to 846 billion in one year so the 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 growth ha was tremendous and a lot of projects didn't know what to do with money or they were just doing money grab so a lot and that's currently being been cleared out over the last few years so the bad projects left and right now there's really a lot more robustness in the technology that's being developed and how it's being developed and uh, solutions for example every year at conferences like consensus or ethereal uh you see you could see that there is a theory in 2017 but by 2019 it was very well developed and 2020 right now projects are uh a lot of them are being integrated into larger companies larger companies are very interested because technology has proven so far that it can so help them solve a lot of problems okay <clears throat> um david do you want to um uh, ask your other question yes you can you hear me this time yeah we can hear you great thank you art appreciate the the webinar um actually as soon as i found out about this i immediately added you on linkedin and, and messaged you uh personally been been following the blockchain space for since late 2016 got a little earlier than most but not not that early um the re i the reason why i asked about the whole enterprises adopting um uh, either public or private i definitely know the long game is probably not either of those it is probably going to be inter uh, interoperability um the reason and i know you brought up walmart uh, as an example so i know walmart moved from ibm food trust at least in china uh to more of a public public blockchain mostly because for consumer products i think the the end goal especially from a trust point of view is to have each consumer be able to read certain transactions on the blockchain to make sure that it's legitimate. You, you shouldn't just take someone's word for it. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm happy to hear that you, you brought up like the interoperability. I definitely know that's that's the end goal. Uh, the ultimate question that that I have is, as someone that's been following the space for a while, I'm more of a hobbyist. I, I don't have particular programming ex experience, uh, but I'm very passionate about the space. I definitely see see where it's going over the next decade. Uh, how do you? How do you, I guess, what, what's your advice for someone like me and like others, I'm sure I was called that, really don't know how to actually get into the space without, without that background in, in programming? Uh, well, that's one thing that I think that, it, that is, uh, programming was very essential 
um, for building out the infrastructure. But uh, as we go forward, we're going to see a lot more projects, uh, much, a lot more roles that are required to support that infrastructure. So you don't necessarily need developer. In fact, I would say, you know, you, even if you start developing now, you're not going to be amazing developer unless you're really turn your life around. Also, you might not have the call for development, but but you will. Uh, the growth of blockchain is uh, we're likely going to see you know thousand percent growth or more uh, in the next uh, five years because large companies once they figure out how to use it, they're going to need larger teams of people who are in business development and project management and product management and UX, UI, um, you know, so support staff to service those uh, projects, internal projects uh, within the company that is going to be related to blockchain. So I would say, yeah, development is, a, it, it was a core element, but I would say we're, we're getting to a point where it's going to be a lot of other roles that are going to be uh, really growing and we and that's what we've seen so far from the data so if you look at the Deloitte report you, if you look at the guys uh, that we're compiling we see that the demands for various professions like project manager product manager is growing tremendously and has grown over the last few years uh, since 2019 you know each role has grown thousands of percent I mean you know because it was not many of them then and it's more now and it's going to be a lot more uh, in a few years. So if I, uh, my advice would be is find, you know, uh, what's your, what's your uh, what, whatever you're, what are you doing right now, if you're already working, find your uh, niche, meaning company that, uh, company that experimented blockchain. Yeah, go ahead, David. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I accidentally unmuted. I, I'm currently, I didn't save, but I'm currently going for MBA. I have a strong background in uh, mechanical engineering and, and I, I'm, in the energy space currently i work for a utility company so i do see some of the uh benefits of blockchain in, in my space especially from a supply chain and logistics point of view uh and on and overall energy trading in general from a finance energy finance is, is huge for blockchain but um i accidentally unmuted <laughs> sorry about that no no worries uh yeah the, the blockchain in fact in energy and blockchain energy is very big uh, sector and has grown tremendously uh in all last years it has exploded and likely to continue so because you're right, the energy is something that is tremendously beneficial for blockchain because it's 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 hard to measure and abil ability to track that and be more precise is you know can give a huge ROI. So if I were you and for any for anybody else, including for anybody else, but the advice I'll give here is let's say you're looking for energy company, start looking into energy companies that are on blockchain and just kind of creating your own. If you want to get into blockchain look into news, follow the news, look up, re research it, uh, research what our companies are involved because there are not going to be many of them. Even, even though they're growing, they're going to be, uh, you know, maybe, I think right now there's actually a decent amount of them, maybe 30, 40 companies that are exploring blockchain energy. And if you reach out, but the potential reach out, you think how you can add value. Another thing important, and this is uh, critical, you can't just go into blockchain compensate us energy and say hey you know i like blockchain can you what can i do generally uh you have to understand the use case why it's relevant to that field so that's i would say self-education is really important so for example the reason why we did blog uh driven.com uh because of the uh, 
focus on giving the core understanding. Even if you understand, if you can go to a profession and explain how you think blockchain will help in that profession, you have a immediately leg up. So I would say for anybody who's looking to learn about blockchain, you have to think of it that way, that you can't just be like, oh, I want to enter blockchain. You have to go and learn, you know, how it applies to whatever field you're in, how it applies to the companies, rechargeable companies they are, and start building network right now. I would say the sooner you start building network, the better. Uh, as easy as reaching out on LinkedIn and say, hey, I'm exploring, you know, energy sector and uh, I see your company do something. I'm, you know, a big fan. So it's really, don't, don't be aggressive about it, but build your network. And also, uh, I would say use Google uh, alerts for the news. So let's say you, you want to get into the energy sector, you get blockchain energy. So anytime there is a news coming out of the blockchain energy, you will get a notification. So, and then you can add that company to your list and maybe you go and add them in LinkedIn. And then from that point on, you're, you know, after a few months of that, you're actually going to have a significant amount of uh, connections and and then you can start writing your own stuff like you know you have thoughts on blockchain energy and uh, you can always you know write uh some sort of supporting like why it's important, how it's important and you know post on linkedin and then you can tag those people share with them so really think of building like linkedin is i think very underused in that sense so building networks is really important All right justin David, thanks for your, for your question. And actually, I want to kind of jump off on Mitch and David's um, questions too. So, <clears throat> so it, it sounds like blockchain, block, blockchain driven. So your company also does blockchain implementation and consulting for, for, for companies. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So if you were to think about the role, so who does blockchain, who, who does block chain driven hire for those projects? Like, is it basically a developer and then a product manager and then, some sort of um, customer interface or interfacing um, client facing role and are there or are there other roles that um, that your firm as an example would hire because that might give some sense as well of some, some of those roles at other companies too so we have a team uh, we have a separate team for developers so okay. development team but project managers yes we have ux ui team that handles that and okay. uh, Generally, it's in-house team. Yep. So, you know, so it's, we don't go, like, if we have a project, we don't go outside unless, unless our current capacity is not enough. Okay. But general, and generally, it generally, one thing is you have to remember about blockchain, it's very, it's very, at the moment, it's pretty cyclical. So it's not for the faint of hearted. Yeah. So, so if you don't, don't think, you know, it will be good for a while and then it can fall because for you know, general people are very emotional, so they see and companies are, you know, run by people. So if they see Bitcoin is crashing, the sometimes projects will get put on hold. But then it revives, and all of a sudden, you know, they triple down on whatever they were doing. Right. So that's one one thing to remember: the blockchain is really good right now to start thinking and following, but not necessarily trying to aggressively get a job in it. Like I said, building your network is much more valuable than, you know trying to get a job. I mean, you can still do it, but what I'm saying is learn about blockchain, understand what, why it has as value to whatever field you are, follow it because uh, maybe there are jobs openings in your field. Maybe it fits very well with you, then you're good to go. Uh, but I would say definitely try to show initiative. 
So yep. one thing in, a, in blockchain, people looking, especially companies are looking for initiative. They want to see your, you're more of a go-getter. Uh, so it means even if you're doing your own blog, write about blockchain, right? Share your thoughts on it, findings. It's uh, because then if you're applying for something, you can share that website or a blog, about mm -hmm. your thoughts on it. Because otherwise, yeah, you might actually know about blockchain. Maybe you followed for a few years and you understand technology pretty well, but actually do you really know well? Because once you start writing a blog, you will find that quickly, uh, as you dig, 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 uh, dig, dig, uh, dig deeper, you will see that maybe you're missing some points and then you're gonna go and research it and understand it. And as that will help you understand your, the industry you're trying to get in. So if right. you try to get into energy and writing an article on blockchain energy will help you to really understand the industry better because you'll have to go and research. So generally it's a good exercise to do, even if you're not posting, posting a blog, it can be just a LinkedIn article, right? You don't need a blog. You can just do a uh, post, uh, your own article on LinkedIn or medium. For example, if you're looking to get into blockchain, you should definitely have uh, a either medium, at least medium side media where you can post your thoughts. Um, yeah, you cannot be passive when it comes to blockchain. I actually, you, you know, you brought up a really good point about the networking part too, which is a sort of follow-up question. I love the idea of putting a, an alert when you were talking with David, right? So if it's going to be energy and blockchain or whatever it might be, agriculture and blockchain, finance blockchain, sure. and that companies will start to come in and that could give you, could give individuals um, a target list of places to network in. But I sure. think that one thing is, um, but, but I think there might be confusion unless like an article actually um, actually quote somebody from that firm and their title, there might be sort of confusion about, okay, well, who are the people to target? And so just as an examples, and you don't have to, if you're, you, you don't have to name the companies, but of the firm, of the companies that, um, that blockchain driven um, supports and works with, what are the titles or what departments do your stakeholders at those companies work in? Oftentimes, it's going to be some sort of the technical department. So okay. definitely technical. Uh, it's might be operational. Okay, occasionally, it's operational. Okay. Uh, one thing I would say is the alerts. Uh, even even if uh, you know it's a relatively general alert. So a you can specify right. You can say, uh, you know, for fintech, uh, blo blockchain fintech, something. So if you yep. have specific idea, you can always specify alerts too. It still gives you a company. And, and they generally do mention somebody, you know, by the name. Generally, right. they, they do sort of initiative. So they'll mention uh, this person. And then you can go and look. If, they, you can, if you connect with them, you can look at their networks. And then you can actually dig deeper and find out who else is in blockchain or their department. Yeah. So a lot of it is detective work uh, because blockchain is not as big as most other industries right now. It's very, very at the early growth stages. So you do have to do a lot of legwork on your own. There is no, they're not gonna be uh, clear cut. Okay, just submit a resume here. You know, it'll be once in a while, but everybody will submit it. Yep. So, whereas if you're building network and also building um, communication with those people, going to networking events is really good. I mean, obviously not right now, the COVID-19 situation made it a little harder, but I would say it will definitely restart. Uh, we ran a lot of blockchain events here uh, in New York, for example, uh, I, w I was one of the founders back in 2016. We started Blockchain NYC. It's a meetup group. So if you go to blockchainnyc.org, you can go directly to the group. 
so blockchainyc.org and uh, we grown it from a few hundred people uh, we started it wasn't zero in uh, i believe it was july or august of uh, 2016 now we're the biggest blockchain group in new york so we have 6300 members and uh, we grown from nothing to really big because we were focused on putting people together and letting them network and then letting them learn about the fields so networking is definitely very powerful because you will meet people who are coming from new york is really good for that so that's a benefit here so if new york blockchain is new york is definitely blockchain central in the world like there are probably maybe three or four of the uh, switzerland is one of them uh, london and uh, new york is definitely one of the biggest centers for blockchain more than silicon valley for sure for example for this specific thing uh, canada is big so therefore you're in a very good space to network there are generally a ton of events happening in blockchain live or otherwise uh, for example we're going to have a our focus is to bring in speakers that are can educate educate community and over the years we have seen that oftentimes a lot of people who are new to the field it helps them to get understanding and and really get the feel for what are you trying to do um, so there are a ton of events even if they're virtual for now they're still there meetup is good for that meetup is very good for blockchain so uh, yeah like i said we we post events uh, pretty often so if you guys curious blockchainnyc.org uh you can, you'll just get notifications from us uh about upcoming events but generally just look up any you know there are a ton of events ton 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 of events especially when they're live right now maybe a little less but generally networking is number networking both on linkedin and in person is probably number one thing you can do to get yourself ahead in blockchain right now awesome um, okay, Elliot, do you want to um, ask your question? Hi, Elliot. Oh, maybe it's a, a tech issue. So, um, all right, I'll ask uh, Elliot's question then uh, directly. So he. Oh, hi, sorry. Just I had the Wi Fi wasn't connecting. Sorry. Uh, no problem, um, Elliot. Uh, hello. Hi. First, I want to say uh, thank you so much for taking time. Um, to meet with us and to have this conference call with us. Um, we really appreciate it during these crazy times. Um, but, um, and my name is Elliot Breslov. So I just graduated from Brooks uh, bachelor degree program with a major in finance. Um, and I'm going to be attending New York Law School in their technology and innovation uh, center program uh, next year. Um, so my question is, um, how do you think the regulations in the blockchain sector and decentralized finance as a whole will change in the future? Um, um, and how do you think in both these sectors? Sure. So regulation is a huge element in blockchain, and that applies to, uh, I, I think, the entire ecosystem. Because uh, the issue with the, with the blockchain, especially when it was in the early days there was no direction and so for companies big especially bigger companies there was a lot of risk to enter for example in finance a lot of institutional investors are a little scared to enter if they feel that uh, they're going to be uh, they're going to be regulated risks for example how do you do custody who keeps the money where does it go and it has been uh, I think in, in Deloitte report, you will see that it's still, you know, 80% it's, it's 80, we are 80% there. So we still got to figure out some elements. I would say probably 
you know, 20% remaining. But once uh, it's figured out, I think it will be a boon for literally every industry uh, to build on blockchain because you, you know the what needs to be done. Because there, and just for uh, those that uh, know, you can have cryptocurrency, but you don't have to. So blockchain, so uh, there is, uh, so not every blockchain needs cryptocurrency, right? So that's uh, quite easy. So you can have a blockchain with cryptocurrency or you can have a blockchain that is more functional and aka utility. And the regulation is really focused on that it cannot be financial instruments. Uh, it has to be some sort of utility in, a, in addition to just trading crypto back and forth. So, um, for example, in, a, in a blockchain driven, uh, re, uh, pr current project we're working on, which is very interesting, is Health Chain. So it's healthchain.io. And it's medical doctors uh, and entrepreneurs, and they're building a logistics, uh, uh, logistical supply chain for between uh, the hospitals and the suppliers. Uh, and there will be smart contracts involved and all other elements. So you will see that it's quite interesting. But they don't use tokens, so tokenization will not be financial. So that's a, that's an impor important distinction that not every blockchain needs a you know token. And just to Elliot's other question, um, how do you think lawyers uh, or what's the lawyer's role um, in that in that sort of that process of of um, of the of regulation as it pertains to blockchain? Oh, um, and you may not know, but um, but I think it's an interesting question that Elliot's uh, Elliot sort of posed too. I mean, you know, we had to do a lot with lawyers, especially in 2017. I think it's less now because back in 2017, 18, everybody went to do ICO. So they wanted to know, to consult with lawyers on is this legal? Is this correct? And remember, there was no jurisdiction. There is no right. regulation. <laughs> right. So it was a shit show. Uh, but uh, it's, it's definitely better now. Uh, and yes, I think lawyers will play a large role there, especially going back to Elliot, if you don't want to be a lawyer, I would say definitely use networking to your capacity. Uh, try to get, look at the firms that work, try to work in blockchain, um, maybe get an internship or something along those lines. Mm. Uh, it, it's really, it's still some very small industry. So who you know is important, especially because it, at some point, it will be a big industry, but right now it's still in a growing stage. So uh, I would say the more legwork you put in now to create a network, the, and I know the word you, network is overused, but in blockchain specifically, it is very critical. It's uh, very important that you start building your network of industry you want to get in right now. And it, don't be aggressive about it. You don't necessarily need to, um, need to find a job right now because, you know, depending this COVID, everybody affected, even in the blockchain space, is there gonna be some effects, but the blockchain is very much poised for growth, especially because COVID shows that, you know, the issues with medical supply chain and other elements that could have been potentially elevated. Um, for example, I am a also advisor at Columbia IBM Accelerator. Uh, so I'm their digital advisor. And this uh, project we were working on was a uh, Nirvana Labs. Uh, you guys can look at it, nirvanalabs.org. And they focused on solving, uh, uh, solving uh, basically financial issues of how do you um, 
basically how do you optimize the flow of bills and other elements on the blockchain. And uh, it was a very interesting project because during the COVID, they were, we were doing part of that program during COVID and they, the doctors were so swamped behind that they didn't have time to deal with that part of the equation. So they're trying, uh, the, the hospitals are hiring people for those positions during the COVID because there was such a shortage because it was very old archaic structure, but still kind of paper type of structure. So that's something to uh, something to keep in mind is it's still the industry is still being still being built and developed. So you're definitely want to be thinking in the future and ahead. Awesome. Uh, thanks for your question, Elliot. Congrats on law school too. Thank you, and thank you for answering my question. Excellent. Actually, I wanted to jump off of uh, one of the things you said, like Art, you when you and I talked a couple weeks back. You know, we're talking here about application of blockchain into finance, other industries, et cetera. But, um, and we had sort of talked about there were rumblings of governments actually using blockchain for their processes. So mm. like departments of buildings or, you know, using, using um, blockchain as, a, as, an op, as an opportunity, especially in countries where it's difficult to find deeds and people don't know about ownership or even finding, um, finding documents can be incredibly difficult. And you mentioned that that's sort of gone by the wayside or has actually kind of petered out. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, so in fact, it hasn't petered out. In fact, oh. uh, so in Block Driven, we have a community, uh, blockchain.com, we have a community. And we had discussion yesterday about it. There is a hmm. number of news. So there is China. Uh, China, for example, just confirmed that they already laid out and have a blockchain digital currency for Yon. And that came out two days ago. And they're, they, it's not rolled out yet, but they already finalized all the structure, which is really the most important part about blockchain. Then I think the discussion we had on the, the, there on the board also, there was uh, PayPal and others that are looking to integrate it, which is, you know, monetary, not necessarily country, but it is definitely important. If, if PayPal accepts cryptocurrency, that's a huge right. element. Right. Uh, I think Italy also just announced, uh, was it a very recently a few few days ago so yeah since we spoke there actually has been change and uh, so even though uh, us was looking at the digital dollar which by the way before covid it would not never happen but uh, now us is exploring digital dollar and we it might move forward at some point not moving forward yet but other countries are actively exploring it and doing it like yuan is definitely going to be digital and they're in fact they mentioned that Cosmos, so one of the blockchains, which is focused on operability and uh, analytic and another analytics focused uh, technology will be combined in, combined in Yuan. So idea of Yuan is the ability to connect with other cryptocurrencies in the future. So so the the inoperability even on, in the heads of governments as well. Excellent. Oh, it's really interesting about the private about the public sector then and that change. Um, we're going to take it back to Mitch. Mitch, do you want to ask another question? Yeah, so I, I just to kind of piggyback off of what Justin was saying, um, I actually did a, took a special interest course at Baruch on blockchain, and one of our, our final topics was done about um, voting and how it was going to be impacted. Mm. And we actually learned about um, a couple counties in North Carolina um, that actually implemented blockchain voting. Um, so how likely do you see that this being implemented in the near future with everything, especially going on with COVID, 
um, and how this might turn into more of a public sector, um, even within the U.S. Um, going forward? Sure. Uh, great question. So, uh, uh, very, and very relevant to the current times, right, to the elections. Uh, yeah. One thing with the, 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 technically, yes, technically the blockchain seems like a really good solution to, to uh, voting. The, uh, but I, we don't actually think it's going to be, because we find governments move very quickly and it requires large adoption. So, so it's not really voting. Like I would say that it's more identity. Think of it this way. So it's a, it's a, the larger, so voting is only part of the whole, what is blockchain identity? And blockchain identity is likely going to be one of the major, major fields in the near, coming future. Because imagine if you could have an identity, blockchain identity and blockchain where it says, okay, Mitch, you went to Baruch College, you graduated in this, then it has your medical records, right? So it has your identity. It's uh, then uh, it has your government records. So you'll be able to go and vote and communicate with the, the voting system and it would know that it's you. So that's likely gonna be down the line. We, we're thinking identity, it's you know 10 year window likely, but that, that would be the, it goes back to the interoperability because the issue with the voting is still, is still very, it has to be integrated at large scale and that kind of projects are hard to move, especially when it comes to government, unless there is a crisis. The reason why they're even discussing digital dollars is because of COVID-19. Otherwise, there probably would not have been discussion for another couple of years. So it really depends on if there is going to be a crisis that forces it, forces their hand. Otherwise, I think it's going to be more likely uh, voting will be related more to identity. So with with what you're saying i guess that is that based on the scalability of just the united states because there are european countries that i do know that have it implemented for their entire country for national elections estonia right yeah uh, estonia done but the thing is estonia is five million people right so that's what i'm right so i'm saying it's based more so yeah. on the scalability of it than it is so right. on the actual feasibility of it okay and also wanting to do it right, right. so okay. in estonia they're much right. more uh, will it do it? Whereas in America, every state fighting for, there's a lot of fight and fighting. So it's the okay. smaller the country, the easier it is to align. So yes, it's ultimately in a grand scheme of things, once we have identity that can actually, you know, go all over the globe potentially, right? It might be the universal right. identity. That's then you almost force, like once again, going from larger thing and pushing okay. in everybody, that's how adoption will happen. Because if you know you go you go to a government official and go hey let's try machines you have to go really to the really top government and they mm -hmm. oftentimes they want to potentially deal with budgets and other costs they say oh it's going to be really expensive and ultimately with blockchain you can't just have one small part you have to have right. okay. a larger um, so I think it, it it's a great question because yes there it's solution but likely not in the short term it's likely okay. going to be more coming from the identity angle. Hey, Mitch, just really quick, what was that course that you took? Um, it was a special topics. Um, the professor was Gideon Pell. I don't remember the exact name of it, but I'll, I'll get it to you so you can send it out with everything. All right, thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, <clears throat> so we're at the hour, but we have one more question from David. So hopefully we can just fit that in, Art, if you're okay. David, do you want to go ahead and ask your question? Yeah, I'll be really quick. Um, so before I mention I'm in the energy space, I work for a natural gas utility company. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, 
the federal government mandated that every single gas utility company in the nation is going to have to eventually be able to verify that the the steel pipe and the plastic pipes we put in the ground are traceable, verifiable, and complete documentation all the way back to where we initially procure the, the steel pipe and the plastic piping. And I know my company in particular is throwing a lot of bodies and a lot of money at, mm-hmm. at very manual processes today. And I know just, you know, I know this is a huge, great use case for blockchain, um, but my company's not even thinking about it. If, how would we go about getting like, for say my company that I currently work for, do I just reach out to, do I just go on blockchaindriven.com, kind of just inquire about, you know, me setting up a meeting up with my team, my company and your company? How, how do we go about doing that? Because I, I know yeah. it's <laughs> if, if you have a use case, for example, energy, and in fact, my, uh, um, I have advised uh, the energy company in the Columbia Accelerator, and our team have advised, worked with, uh, uh, supply chain companies and the energy is you know different variation of it the uh, yeah i would say just go to blockchain driven and send us contact form and we can handle it but i uh, going back to your point yes like i think uh, blockchain is very useful in energy and especially with the government regulations uh, in fact i know of um, um i know that uh, there are some startups that are looking to add blockchain, for example, in Columbia Accelerator, there was, it was about carbon emissions. So it was not about the energy, but, you know, to measure and be able to um, use blockchain to allow better trading and accountability for the companies. But for, in terms of energy, yeah, just, uh, just, just uh, you can go to blockchain driven if you have, you know, if anybody has a specific project that your company can, would like to explore, just, uh, you know, let us know. Will do, thank you. Thanks, David. Um, again, thank you so much, Art. Um, I think we actually had a really fantastic conversation about um, about blockchain and that you led us through. So, um, and, and even talking about careers and networking, this has been absolutely great. Um, and um, I'm gonna go ahead, as I, as I mentioned to everybody, I'll go ahead and, um, and bounce off the links with, with Art, make sure that we're giving you guys all the links that he had mentioned, maybe he'll add a, a few more, and then we'll send that out either today or tomorrow. But want to say a huge thanks to you, Art, for making the time, um, leading us through sort of all, all this information um, and just being a resource and support. We really appreciate everything that you did today. Absolutely. And it was a pleasure. I'm, I'm hoping all the Baruchans will do well and uh, enjoy, the, uh, you know, ex- enjoy the exploration because I do think blockchain is going to be the next big industry. It could be the you know, e- equivalent or similar to size of the potentially internet. So we're definitely going to be, I mean, and maybe in the next few months we can do another follow-up where we can go over what's maybe changed, something like that for a webinar. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll send the, all the information and Justin will send the, all the information to you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much, Art. Thanks, everybody, for being. It's great to see everybody. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, all. Thanks, listeners, for tuning into the GCMC podcast, where we look to get off-the-record thoughts and perspectives from individuals who have been hiring managers and in hiring positions in their careers. The GCMC is here for Zicklin MBA and MS students and alumni for their careers wherever they are, so be sure to stay in touch with us.